0: Listen, we're all friends here. I think we can admit that I started this podcast because I love to talk shit. (laughs) Hi, I'm Michelle Pelazon. I'm the head witch in charge of holisticism and the co-host of the 12th House Podcast. And at this podcast, you know, and at holisticism in general, we want to pull the curtain back on the areas of wellness and well-being and mysticism and spirituality and intuitive business that don't get talked about that don't get seen that don't get a light shined on them the conversations that are like kind of awkward and uncomfortable to have or, or to share out loud that people don't know exactly know how to navigate and we like feel it in our bodies right or we're like there's something funky there but we can't quite put our finger on what is there and like what is unsettling or what's like not exactly right and that's the shit that I live for like <laughs> I feel like when I entered this space, first off, I've been a wellness consumer for so long, as I'm sure many of you have. You know, I remember my mom, shout out to my mom who's probably listening, taking me to chiropractors and nutritionists when I started, after I started having seizures and, you know, people who I I put my hands on machines and they told me like what I was allergic to or something. And I felt like that was kind of bullshit, but also like I wanted to believe it. And when I really like really made wellness and well being my thing, you know, when I like went hard, I still felt like I would walk into a room and be like, Am I taking crazy pills? <laughs> am I the only person who doesn't believe this stuff? Like, and is there something wrong with me that I'm skeptical about this or that I'm like rolling my eye? am I just like an asshole? And then when I would like, you know, on the off chance after like a glass of two of wine or a three dollar margarita or something, mention it to someone. I'd be like, oh my God. Yeah, me too. Same. I'm like, wait, what? Oh, so you also did not drink the Kool-Aid. You just switched it around your mouth and you spit it out when no one was looking. Okay, cool, cool, cool. You know, there are so many experiences I had in the wellness and well-being space where I was like, ugh, roll third eye, you know, like that just didn't sit with me and did not resonate with me, but were also so mean, it felt so meaningful and impactful to so many other people. And I'm like just so interested in the, in the tension between those two things, between being like obviously an avid believer in so much and also like being a realist, and being an optimistic realist and skeptic. and And that's why we have this podcast. And I wanted to talk today about something in particular that I feel like is at the juncture of these, all these, this Venn diagram, right, of intuitive business and well-being and spirituality. And that's like this idea... I don't think that everyone should quit their day job. Actually, I'm going to say this. I don't think that everyone should love their job. I don't. I don't think you have to love your job. I don't think your job is your purpose, like for every single person. I know it's not popular to say, but I just don't think that that's the truth. And I also think it's like really cool to have a job that you don't care about. Honestly, I'm not being sarcastic. Let me tell you a story. So I'm so, so, so lucky that I have parents, so privileged that I have parents, period. That's a complete sentence. But also that I have parents who believed in me and trusted me enough to not just like com- support financially, but also like completely support me emotionally, when I decided that I wanted to be a professional artist, that I wanted to be a professional dancer. They were like, cool, go to college and get a BFA in dance. Yeah, do that. You know, like they were so behind me. And I have to just give them kudos for the, they knew that I would just land on my feet or that I would figure it out. And I just can't believe it. I don't know if I would give myself, my kid, the same amount of leeway that they gave me. But I graduated from college in the middle of uh, like the biggest recession, depression, I graduated from college in 2010 and had to have immediately, you know, like five other jobs along with my dancing jobs in order to pay my bills. And even then I couldn't really pay my bills. And I really, you know, for for the most part, I got lucky because the jobs that stuck were jobs that I loved, that I felt like, wow, this is really my passion. You know, I was a waitress. I was a cater waiter. I was an SAT tutor. And all those things were fun, but they weren't, well, no, waitressing was not fun. Cater waitering was not fun. That is not a fun job. That was not a fun job for me, I will say. Uh, No, 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 it was not. And I was bad at it. (laughs) But, you know, the dust eventually settled and I had these jobs that I really loved that I was really good at, that I made my life, you know, I was dancing professionally with a bunch of companies and independent artists. I was making work. I was working at a, like, you know, boutique fitness startup that I helped really like contribute to. I eventually, like, you know, got to move across the country and open the West Coast branch. And I was so young. I was like 24 when I did that. And I thought, you know, my job had to be my life. I was on my purpose. You know, I felt so fulfilled by what I was doing. And also it was the thing that burned me out so much. I was so burnt out when I finally quit that job. And I had this rebound because by that moment, you know, I'd been so obsessed with being a dancer for my whole life. And then getting into this weird space of being like a celebrity nutritionist and trainer, which is so bizarre, that you know, I felt really lucky that I'd, I'd found success in those places and that I'd been able to be entrepreneurial. I really felt like I was, if not, you know, one of the, you know, the like lead people running the business, also building up my own book, being really entrepreneurial myself. But I was so exhausted. I'm so tired like of, of thinking all the time about how the business worked and also like not making, I didn't have healthcare or, or dental insurance. I didn't have job security because if I got injured, then I'd be fucked. And it was really exhausting. And when I quit my job, I felt like I was quitting my passions, you know, my purpose in this life. And I felt so adrift. And I think the thing that saved me was getting to work at this tech startup that I did not give a fuck about. <laughs> and that I, I couldn't care less about what I was doing, to be totally honest with you. I found it interesting, you know, like I found it Totally interesting that I had never run, worked at a startup that had millions of dollars of backing. I had never worked at a startup with two founders who were not that much older than me, who did not know what they were doing. I had never been, you know, an employee who was able to build a brand from scratch. This was all brand new, but it wasn't like my passion. (laughs) And then my next job at a startup also wasn't my passion. And I actually, really think that that's cool. I think it's a little overrated and a bit glamorized in the world right now to be an entrepreneur and to have a job that you absolutely love that you feel like is your purpose and your mission on this planet. Even when I read for people and I read in the Akashic records, I think it's a beautiful question to ask, but I don't think that if you get the answer is my job my purpose and the records say no, I don't think that's something to be upset about, you know. Your right now job might not be your purpose and that's okay. (laughs) Because there's something to learn at every, every single job that we have. And I really think that, I mean, this is when I, when I hire people, my whole team, this is what we talk about when they, when they join the team, I ask them like, I don't think you're going to be here forever. Like, I'm not stupid. I don't think that you're going to like be at holisticism for the next 30 years. I don't even want to be at holisticism for the next 30 years. So what is it that you want to do? Like, what do you want to learn? Where do you want to be in two two years or three years? What do you want to get out of this that you'll be able to put on your resume or you've got experience playing with? Let's help you do that. Because I think that that's how, honestly, we should maybe be approaching all of the jobs that we do. That's how I approach this job you know right now i run this company but eventually it will it will likely outgrow me or i will outgrow it and then i won't be a good fit to be leading it anymore and instead of trying to force that i'm just going to let it happen right because my goal is not to just like tie my identity to my work my goal is to be myself and to allow everything that I'm supposed to learn through every relationship, every job, every opportunity to come through. Because I think that we like take these little gems, right? These pearls of wisdom from our experiences. We string them together to help us actually fulfill what our purpose is. And I don't think that your purpose is to like start a company. I think your purpose is much bigger than that and spans beyond that. So I feel like this is like (laughs) the elephant in the room in the wellness and well-being and especially intuitive entrepreneur space is that like you have to start your own business in order to like be a quote unquote intuitive entrepreneur. And I just don't believe that at all. In fact, I think that for a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people, I would say the majority of people, you should actually go practice at another company or business. And you shouldn't like grind so hard to figure out what your purpose is and sort of like try to reverse engineer a business or a company out of it or some sort of entrepreneurial journey. I think that you should stop struggling so much. Stop, you know, smashing your head against the wall. Stop trying so hard and just like let it be easier. (laughs) And on that experience, right? On that easier pathway, start picking up the skills that you want to you want to learn, you want to master, you want to like understand more of. And I think more often than not, that's actually what we should be focusing on. We shouldn't be focusing, or I'm not going to say we shouldn't, I'll, I'll speak from the eye. I don't think that, that we should focus on, well, what is my big purpose and what's this big business going to be? It will sort itself out. And honestly, what you are excited and delighted by, and also what's in your shadow. I think my thesis is that our shadow is where our like brilliant, most brilliant and inspired ideas come from. I think many people who start brilliant and inspired businesses start them based off to answer to their shadow, to call to their shadow, to do shadow work themselves. I will say that for me, that's what holisticism is, right? It's a reflection of my shadow and all the things that I was judging about myself, right? The rolling my third eye when it came to wellness and well being and spirituality. But I digress. I think that like, instead of focusing on the the meat of the problem or like what the product will be or what the service will be or whatever. We should actually focus on the skills that we like, we really need to understand more of in order for when that idea comes to be able to like foster it in the world. You know, I love the Liz Gelbert quote from Big Magic where she says, ideas or muse just lands on our shoulder, whispers in our ear. And we have the opportunity, the chance to take that idea and run with it. And if we don't, it goes to somebody else. And I, Personally, I want to be ready to run (laughs) when that idea lands on my shoulder. I want to have personal sovereignty over the choice to either run or say, go ahead and flit on to the next person, Muse. I don't want to be in the position where I'm like, well, fuck, I don't know how to do this. So I can't take this idea because I'm not ready. I want to be like sort of (laughs) filling up my library with ideas and tools and information so that when the time comes, I'm ready. And that's why I really think that you should like go work for someone else. If you have this like drive and this feeling like you're going to start your own thing or you want to start your own thing, amazing. Hold on to that. I'm not saying that you shouldn't. I'm just saying you don't need to like try to fit a round peg into a square hole. You don't need to try and make it happen. You don't need to like come up with a hundred brilliant business ideas and go with one. I think that it'll happen for you. You just have to stay ready. And in the meantime, that doesn't mean just like stay on your couch and be unattached until your idea comes floating in. I think that means like go flex your skills and work for other people and test on their own dime, test on their dime, right? Like not yours. (laughs) You know, I'm so lucky that I learned how to copyright on someone else's dollar. I'm so lucky that I learned how to build software by watching other people do it and like getting paid to learn from them. I'm so lucky that I learned about things like email marketing at corporations that had first thousands, then millions of dollars to spend on email marketing. Because I would not have learned those lessons by myself. I don't have thousands of dollars to spend on email marketing. I sure don't have millions of dollars to spend on email marketing. And those were such gifts that I was able to take, you know, what I learned and apply it to my work and to the work that I do now. And this is actually a big reason that I, that I created the Profitable Content Creator Lab, our course that opens actually on Monday on April 19th. So if you're listening to this in the future, sorry. But if you're listening to it in real time, exciting. I created PCCL this time last year, right after COVID hit, because I taught this series of classes called Recession-Proof Skills. We, last year, <laughs> oh my God, I'm out of time. Last year I started, I it was just me and Thais. Thais was working, I think like, five hours, maybe less than five hours a week. She was working like 10 hours a month, maybe, on community stuff in the North Node. So it was just really me doing all the other thingies. And I decided that I really wanted to offer free classes during COVID because we thought, remember, COVID was going to be like two weeks in lockdown. And people were going nuts. They were just beside themselves. And I wanted to create a space where we could be together digitally and and talk about well being and and learn. And so we committed to doing class class every single day through COVID. And I got like, you know, 90 days into it. And I was like, I think this thing's going to keep going. I think this this lockdown thing's going to keep going and I'm exhausted. But it was a really amazing experience because I taught a series of classes called Recession Proof Skills because I'm not a wellness practitioner. I am myself. And I wanted to teach something because I love teaching and I looked at everything in my toolkit and I was like, you know what? I think the most valuable thing I have to teach is about intuitive business. And so I taught recession proof skills last year and it was the most highly attended series of classes that we had. I was like, okay, cool. That's interesting. And while I was making it, I had so many people who were practitioners who were service-based you know entrepreneurs who are like I don't know what I'm going to do with my business my brick and mortar is shut down or I can't see clients in person or I have n- I lost all my clients because no one wants to go transition to video because people are worried about you know their livelihood and they're trying to cut costs and I don't I don't know how to keep up and I wanted to create a course that could be applicable to everyone, that could be applicable to service-based practitioners or entrepreneurs who are already on their own, or people who maybe like had an idea for a business, but COVID just dashed their plans. And in the meantime, or maybe they lost their job. And in the meantime, they needed to find work doing something. And when I looked back on my own career, the things that always got me through, right? The thing that was always in demand that I never had to pitch myself for, that I never had to you know, work hard to convince someone to hire me for, that no matter what the budget, whether your budget was super small or super big, people needed was content creation and profitable content creation. So content marketing or getting people to buy a product or a service based off of your content or to get people to buy content right? Actual content plus something like uh, membership or content behind a paywall like Patreon or a Vimeo channel or an ebook or a PDF. And I saw these two groups of people, right? Uh, Service-based entrepreneurs who needed to find a way to pivot their business model because they couldn't see people in person. So they need to make a product, either a digital product or a physical product. And by the way, remember when we couldn't even find toilet paper. So making physical products was like kind of off the table. And also people who potentially, you know, didn't want to be entrepreneurs, but wanted to work for other people and needed a skill that was really, really valuable. That no matter what, even the in the middle of a pandemic, even when people are pulling ad budgets, that's something that an entrepreneur or a company would still need. And so that's where the Profitable Content Creator Lab came from, right? That idea that, okay, no matter what, no matter where you are in your work, this will be helpful to you. Whether you apply what you learn about making content and making courses or memberships or digital products to your own business, or you apply it as a consultant, to another person's business, or an independent contractor, or even a full-time or part-time employee. Because, you know, making content was how I bootstrapped holisticism. I was a consultant, copywriter for many brands. And that was how I was able to pay for holisticism for the first, you know, year and a half, two years, when I was still just trying to figure out what it wanted to be. And I think that if I tried to make holisticism something that If I'd really pushed like a product or a service on it, if I tried to make it profitable with something else before it was ready, I don't think that I'd still be sitting here talking about holisticism. I think I'd be doing something else. And if I just quit my day job, if I'd quit my consulting gigs and just gone all in and said, you know, fuck it, I don't want to work for anyone else anymore, and just like went ovaries to the wall and holisticism. I don't know, maybe that would have worked, but also there's a really good chance that it wouldn't have because I wasn't ready. And I think it's really bad advice that often comes from the wellness and well-being and self-help space that says you have to burn the boats, right? Or you have to like go all in when there's immense privilege that comes with being able to go all in, in an entrepreneurial journey. And being able to quit your day job or whatever to run your business, and I don't think that that's the right pathway for every single person. And while it might be super motivating and really exciting, and maybe you like you jam on fear, for a lot of people that doesn't work. And I'll raise my hand and say I'm not that type of person. I am not like I'm fear motivated, but I don't want to be. It doesn't make me happy. The idea of it makes me, the idea, I mean, let me finish that sentence. The idea of like losing the roof over my head or having to go and ask for help, like from my family or my friends, you know, people who I know would help me because I had no no money or because I had nothing because I had so like had, had just like risked it all and lost it all. That is not who I, I'm not a gambler in that way. <laughs> like I'm pretty conservative. That's the only way I'm conservative. Let me tell you that right there. But that gambling might work for a lot of other people. And that's probably why they're going to be hugely successful. Because typically people who who gamble big, also like they tend to win big. They figure it out. But I just didn't want to be in that position, you know? Remember, I don't know if you listened to last week's podcast, but I'm like kind of going for ease these days. And I don't need to burn the boats, you know, and cut off, like explode the bridge behind me in order to have the path to move forward. I don't need to have only one option, like, you know, success or death. For me, I want to have all the options and all the possibility and the flexibility and the personal sovereignty to make those choices for myself. And I get that Sometimes you need to trust fall into the universe's arms or whatever. Sometimes you need to let go and let God. Absolutely. And I think that when people say that without acknowledging the privilege that so many of us have, that many people do not have to just jump off the bridge and hope that there will be a soft landing, it's really dangerous and it's actually really irresponsible. And I want to just tell you that's not the only answer. Like you can be massively successful and still keep your day job. (laughs) You can be an incredible entrepreneur and still keep your day job. You can have a day job that you don't really care about, that you totally disassociate from after 5 p.m. that like is whatever and still have a really fulfilling life. You can. It's not going to work for everyone, but it will work for some people. And do you know what? It might work for a while. And then eventually you'll reach the point where you're like, this is a waste of my life, which is what happened to me. You know, I worked at startups for a couple of years and then I was like, oh my God, I'm wasting my life here. I have to go do something else. And I happened to to go consult. (laughs) It just meant that I like didn't sit at a desk, but I basically was like kind of doing the same thing. And then I took the next step from there, which was like, oh my God, I'm wasting my life writing copy for other people. I can write copy for myself." And then I was able to take that leap, but it was not like one after another after another. It was like these were just steps. and I needed it to to work that way. And I talked about collapsing timelines last week and quantum leaping. And I believe that, and I also believe that like we don't all have to be quote unquote, girl bosses and entrepreneurs fresh out the gate. You know, We have so much that we can learn from. From businesses, from companies that we work with, from jobs, right? There's so much we can learn. And this like binary idea that we have to either be all in or we're we we do not care at all is like just that. It's binary. It's fucking boring, dude. Not black and white thinking. It ain't it. Cognitive distortion that like plagues my existence the most is black and white thinking. I naturally jump to black and white thinking, right? Which is like either or thinking of like, it's either this or it's that, and there's no in between. And that is my nature. And I have to constantly tell myself, that's not the truth. Just because it's your nature doesn't mean it's right. (laughs) It doesn't mean it's the truth. In fact, it's the opposite. I know that this is a cognitive distortion. I know this is a distorted style of thinking that is not correct. It's not factual. And that life doesn't exist in the black and in the white it exists in the middle, in the gray. And two things can be true. So it doesn't have to be either I burn the boats and I jump or I don't care and my business isn't going to survive. It can be, well, there might be some situations where I have to burn the boats and I have to make the leap and I have to just go for it. There are going to be other situations where actually I need to bide my time I need to see where I'm well-resourced and also acknowledge where I'm not well-resourced and get myself to the place either emotionally or financially or physically or spiritually where I'm actually really safe to make this decision to burn the boats. But until then, it's actually more intelligent of me to not do that. It's more intuitive of me to not do that because, you know, like, I don't know, a lot of us thrived in chaos <laughs> or thrive in chaos and what we're familiar with potentially maybe this is you if you're out there if you tend to be an all or nothing person is knowing that chaos is where you can survive where you thrive where you come out you know come out of the fire you emerge from the fire like glowing with a sheen on you right like a movie star <laughs> like an act like a charlie's angel and so we create chaos. We quit the job like cold turkey with no savings. We burn the bridges with our old bosses or our, our, our people that we worked with. We go all in, right, on a business and <laughs> like tell everyone that's what we're doing before we're ready, right? Because it's another form of creating chaos. It's like forcing yourself to torturing yourself, really harming yourself, threatening yourself into action. And I just wonder if there's like a, maybe a way that we don't have to do that, where we don't need to threaten ourselves into submission or into action, where we can be self-loving and we can be really intuitive. Because I also would venture to say that when we are living in scarcity or fear, it's really hard to access our intuition. And so if you truly want to run an intuitive business, Yes, there are going to be things that push that push you over the edge, right? That push your growth edge. You know, and business is the ultimate personal development move. I'll say that till the day I die. But if we are like running from scarcity or because of scarcity, because of fear, or because we we are out to prove something, we're not listening to our intuition. We're listening to our head, and that is definitely a way to run a business. But to me, that's not that's not the way. You know what I mean? That's not the future. So. That's all to say, I just wanted to to like drop that because I think it's actually, I've said this on the podcast before, but in case you didn't hear it, I think it's a fucking baller move to have a day job and get paid as a consultant or whatever, or even as an employee and fund your own shit. Like you're your own investor. That's so baller. That's so cool. To me, that's so much cooler than raising money because like you are totally your own boss. No one owns you. And that's the thing that they don't tell you about investing. When you have investors, they own you. They do. Like they become your boss. And there's nothing wrong with that necessarily. But if you're getting into this because you want freedom, then maybe, I don't know, double th- <laughs> think about that for a sec. And I'm always so impressed with people who are able to balance work that they do and their own entrepreneurial journey. And who are self-possessed and confident, knowing that they don't have anything to prove. Like it's not a flex that you've quit your job to go all in on the thing. It's cool, it's cool. Like, and I'm totally gonna support you if that makes sense for you. And it doesn't make you better than the person who's also working their day job and working on their business at night or on the weekends or on their lunch hour or when it is easy for them to work on it. Because I'm not, I'm not, you know I'm not about to glamorize hustle culture. Come on. No, come on. You know me better than that. So that's all I wanted to say. And I wanted to just give some more insight on, on PCCL and why we made it. Because I've had a bunch of people ask me, well, is Profitable Content Creator Lab for me if I don't have a business idea? And I think absolutely yes. I mean, one of my personal personal things personal sort of like I don't know what would it maybe maybe like a commandments is to like practice on other people before I practice on myself like I I always want to practice business stuff like in another context outside of me Like I want to be able to get results for clients or for students. And of course, I want to see the results myself. But I feel like it's so easy to have a fluke, right? Where you just like get lucky. And when you are able to replicate results consistently with different like sort of variables, like working for different people or selling different products or whatever it might be, then that proves that you know, you really know what you're doing. And to me as a conservative person who's like so scared, who, you know, for so long was so scared to spend money on my own business, I was like, I want to make sure that I'm fucking doing this right because I don't have money to spend on mistakes. Like I can't make a mistake. If I make a mistake, then this thing won't exist anymore. So I have to be so careful with every dollar that I spend. I, I you know, it's my money. I I don't, I can't just throw it around. And so being able to test um, my own skills at businesses and companies that had much bigger budgets, where there was more room for error, where there was an expectation of error and mistakes and learning while doing, because that's really how we do anything. That was so liberating to me because by the time it came to my own business, I knew what to do. It's like, ah, okay, I've seen this. I know how to do this. I know how to make it work for me. And that's why it was so not easy, but that's why we weren't we were able to not take investment from outside investors and grow the business. We bootstrap it, right? Where I paid for the business, I invested my money into the business, and then it was able to grow. And now we have this incredible community. Now, and we're so lucky, so lucky. So going right to the question of like, is is BCC all right for me if I don't have my own business? I think I think so. That's what I would take if I was. It's it's exactly what I would I wanted for myself. If you know. I put myself in the shoes of someone who maybe had lost their job during COVID or who didn't know what was next for them. I actually put myself in the shoes of like 25 year old me when I started working at 24 year old me when I started working at tech startups and like, what did, did she need at that time? And this is exactly what I wish someone had taken the time to to show me or teach me so that I could have learned and practiced on the, in the jobs that I had even more and maybe like grown even faster. But you know, I got this life, so (laughs) this pathway worked out okay. But yeah, that's PCCL and And if you have any questions, you can always text me. I'll put our number in the show notes. That goes to our community line, which is a little app that I'm able to use to text you. It is me. It's not a robot. So please be nice. Now we always get really good, really great questions. And I love hearing from you. Or you can shoot us a DM at Holisticism. And PCCL is only open from April 19th to April 25th. And we close the doors. And the course officially starts on May 3rd. It's very exciting. I am, we're like, I think already... We had some pre sales. Doors have been open for the last, mm, for early birds for the last couple of weeks. So I think we're like almost at capacity, which is crazy, but really exciting. And we were sending out these little sigil pins, and there's some other lovely surprises for our members and for people in the community. And I just cannot wait to go through this with you. So if you're someone who wants to make content, wants to make profitable content, either through courses or through community memberships or eBooks or PDFs or digital assets, then I think that your podcasting or indirect content, like affiliate content or sponsorships, then I think PCCL would be an awesome, awesome thing for you to learn. We talk all about, of course, making that content, but most importantly, how to market it and how to do it intuitively. And as a fucking witch, because that's what you are, and that's what I am. So that's how I know how to teach this stuff. It's just really fun. You know, one of my other pet peeves is, is when people say, like, if you build it, they will come. And that was another, th- I'm, I'm kind of, I kind of kept this out of the story, but I'm remembering it now. But that was one of the things that annoyed me the most when the pandemic started is that all these people started like creating courses, but they had no communities or audiences to like market those courses to. And also those courses like kind of not to be a dick, but they kind of sucked because these creators weren't going to their community. They weren't being intuitive. They were acting out of scarcity and fear. And as a result, they created content that nobody wanted and no one wanted to buy. And then people, when they do that, they give course creation or profitable or content creation a bad reputation because they're like, oh no, that doesn't work. That's impossible. It's a scam. And the truth is, like, no, you just didn't do it right. Like, sorry, not to be an asshole, but like, when people say, oh, if you build it, they will come, they're fucking lying. That's not true. You need to build a community. I mean, Like we've talked about this on the podcast before. It's great to have great content. And like, no doubt you're going to make amazing content. Like, hi, look at you. You ingest content all day long. You know, it's good. You know, it's bad. But what people don't know, what people don't understand is how to market that content. And they get scared of it because we get scared when we're marketing, because that means we're being seen. And It doesn't have to be like the skeevy marketing that we see in the self help space, in the wellness space, even in the spiritual space sometimes. It doesn't have to be like that. There are, if like, I feel like if I'm here to say anything on this podcast, it's like in general, there's not one pathway, right? Just because there's like a popular or conventional pathway doesn't mean it's the only one. And if you don't like the way that people like sell courses online or on Instagram or whatever, like, guess what? You don't have to do it that way. You don't have to completely write off something like content creation you can just pick a different way or a way that works for you. And that's the beautiful thing about listening to your intuition is that the messages will come through. How it's supposed to work for you will come through. And you also need to see other potential ways. You know, you need to see and understand how it works from behind, right? Because we only see things from the front, from the way that they're like sort of served up to us on, you know, in digital media when we're only seeing them from that perspective, we don't really understand the inner workings. And that's, I think, what PCCL does best is it pulls, this is obviously my favorite thing, pulls the curtain back, shows you like, here's how to make this thing. Here's what goes into it. And here are the practical, pragmatic perspectives. And also like, here's the fucking spell that we use. (laughs) And here are the exercises that we use in the Akashic Records. And here's a spell casting or a tarot casting for your ideal client. And here's why this matters. And it's not just mystical to be mystical. It's because underneath, there's a reason underneath everything. There's information that we can gather from, from every single piece of intuition that we get. And the more information we have, and the more we understand what to do with that information, the more successful we will be, the more likely we will to get to our outcome. And I think that's like my favorite thing about PCCL is that we really talk about that. And from copywriting to how to set up a sales page to how to do pricing to how to send emails and why like you're not just gonna spit out a bunch of emails randomly how to like really create them and craft them and, and make them feel like you and that's that's my favorite thing <laughs> is empowering you to like run a business that you want to run not just one that everyone on instagram tells you you should run because that's instagram's whole fucking lie dude it's a hologram so that's it. That's all I have that <laughs> I wasn't expecting to go off on that tangent at the end of this, but there you go. I'll put the link to PCCL below. We actually open the doors on April 19th and it's really exciting. So I hope you can join us if it's in alignment for you. If it's not right now, that's okay. We open the doors every year around this time so you can get it next year. It's all good. You've got plenty of time. And by the way, we give a shit ton of free content away. like hi, this podcast. (laughs) And we try to put out two episodes a week. Every Friday episode is about intuitive entrepreneurship. So if it's not in the cards for you this month, this week, to join PCCL, like, dude, it's all good. You have so much information to pull from to, you know, figure this out and DIY it yourself. And if you maybe are someone who is like, I want to take the easier way right now. You know, in the past, I've always been a DIYer myself. And it's only in the last couple of years that I've been like, I would really like to just like do this the easy way. I don't think I need to DIY this. Like, I'd rather go fast than like struggle through myself. If you'd rather not DIY it, then like that's where PCCL comes in and we're so happy to help you. And either way, we've got your back and lots of other amazing, good, juicy, valuable stuff goes down inside of the Holisticism Hub. So if you're not already part of our Holisticism Hub community, get on over there. It's so fun. So juicy. Okay, that's it. That's all I've got. I know I've said that like six times already and I, I never wrapped up, but thank you so much for listening to this episode and this podcast. We so appreciate you. And if you want more about... Intuitive business, the North Node opens in June, PCCL opens on April 19th on Monday. And if you want to learn more about wellness and well-being and products and services and trends and the things that are happening in the wellness industry, because you're a wellness hype beast, join The Cusp. It's our private email and members community where we review products and services in the wellness space. We look at trends, we publish jobs in the wellness space, and it's $5 a month. It's like so affordable. We actually just gave away two discount codes to two products that were featured in The Cusp last week and both gave like a 20, I think in $25 discount to, to their products, which is like four months worth of the cusp. So you really get your money's worth and it's just a really fun little community. So we'll put the links to both of those in the show notes and I will see you on Tuesday. Okay. Bye.